0: We are in the midst of a Advent series that began last week with uh, Steve Davis. He preached on Jesus, God of creation. Next week, our brother Gary will preach from Philippians 2 on Jesus, God of humiliation. And then the next week, Pastor Rolando will preach Uh, Jesus, God of salvation, from Ephesians 1. And then on Christmas Day, the Lord's Day, uh, I will preach on Jesus, God of incarnation. And today the message is Jesus, the God of revelation. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he, Jesus, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Our text has one clear main thought. God has spoken through his son, Jesus. In times past, he spoke through the prophets. He spoke through many different means. But now he has finally and fully spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the fullest and the final revelation from God. In him... God has spoken in Christ, in listening to his words, we hear the voice of God. When we read the Gospels, we listen to Jesus. When we read the writings of the apostles, we listen to Jesus because Jesus told them that he would send his Spirit and the Spirit would guide them into all truth. God has spoken in Christ. We are wise to listen to him. This text is actually the beginning of a larger section that ends with uh, verse 4 of chapter 2. And the section ends with a warning, a severe warning about not listening to the one through whom God has spoken. Listen to the end of this uh, section of Scripture in Hebrews chapter 2. The writer says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution— How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord and it was attested to us by those who heard. If the law given through angels brought a severe judgment for not heeding it, how much more the writer of Hebrews says if we don't Listen to the Son if we don't bow to the Lordship of Jesus Christ I know that when we talk about the finality and fullness of revelation being in Jesus that that poses a, a challenge for us in the world we live in because the world we live in does not want to accept or believe that Any one particular religion has a claim to truth, that any one is superior to the other. And uh, in the new form of what they call tolerance, that we are called upon to look at every claim to truth and spirituality as being equally valid, and we resist that. We listen to Jesus as the one through whom God has spoken. He is the final and fullest revelation from God. I remember a few years ago reading an article in the uh, Huffington Post. And it was talking about the, uh, the new identity of religious people in America that Are called nuns. You know, not N-U-N-S, but N-O-N-E-S. You know, you might say you're a Christian, you know, you're a Baptist, you're a Presbyterian, you're a Catholic, and and but there are many today who just say they are none. They have It's not that they don't believe in God, they just don't have an identity, a specific identity. And the article article goes on to talk about what he calls a movement from the cathedral to the bazaar, to the marketplace. And he said that's where many of the nuns are today. They've rejected the cathedral, the organized religious institution, and they like the bazaar because the bazaar has many entry points, whereas in Christianity there's only one entry point. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. But in the bazaar there's many entry points, There are many options. There is no one particular authority there, but there are many offers that are available to you. And that's where many people are. They want to sort of have a a, a smorgasbord approach to uh, religion where they can pick this and pick this. And, you know, I'm reminded of my neighbor back in University City who was an ordained Presbyterian preacher but who was also a Buddhist and was also a Quaker and he claimed all of them he sort of created his own form of religion and that's the world we're in today people do not want and authority over them saying this is what you must believe, this is the truth, and this is how you must live. So I understand the movement from the cathedral on one hand because many times institutional religion, institutional Christianity is empty. It offers nothing but maybe a Form of religion without any power. It's often not true to the word of God. It doesn't teach and preach the the Bible. I understand that, but I do think it's deeper than just a rejection of institutional Christianity. I think it's a rebellion against authority. We do not want one voice telling us what to do. This is the world we live in. So what will we do as Christians? Why should you and I listen to Jesus, the God of Revelation? Let me give you a few answers from our text this morning. Why listen to Jesus? First of all, because without him, we end up with nothing. Or the writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Jesus is appointed as the heir of all things. So if Jesus gets everything, and you don't have Jesus, you get nothing. That's right. You can take your entire life, the sum total of your life, everything that you are, everything that you possess, everything that you've experienced, and you can add it all together. And if you don't have Jesus, it's zero. You have nothing. I like the, uh, the crest for uh, the, the Davis family out of Wales. Uh, the, the crest in Gaelic you've heard me say this before, perhaps, but the crest in Gaelic says, without God, nothing with God, everything. Last week we saw when Steve was preaching out of Colossians one that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation, and there that is a, a term of priority, it's not a, a, a term of birth, but it's simply saying that he has the right to inheritance, he is the firstborn, it's like Jacob and Esau, you know, Esau physically was the first one out of the room. But Jacob was the firstborn when it came to having the rights of inheritance from his father. Jesus has everything. All things belong to Jesus Christ. This is what the psalmist Uh, prophesied in Psalm chapter 2 when uh, the Lord says to my Lord when the Father speaks to the Son and says sit at my right hand until I make the nations I make all things your inheritance Jesus owns everything you know in the world we're living in we like to listen to people who have stuff, you know, how many people are listening to Elon Musk, you know, a multi-billionaire who has has a voice, or you listen to Donald Trump, or you listen to Biden, you listen to people that seem to have stuff, they have influence. But without Jesus, what does Donald Trump have? What does Elon Musk have? What does Joe Biden have? What does Warren Buffett have? What does Bill Gates have? You can add up all of their accomplishments in life and if they don't have Jesus, they have nothing because Jesus has everything. It all belongs to him. You can go home and look at the trophies on your shelf. You can look at the possessions in your home. You can count the money in your bank accounts. But in the end, Jesus inherits all things. Everything belongs to him. As Paul said to young Timothy, you brought nothing into this world. And it is certain you will carry nothing out of this world. As you've heard it said so many times, in a funeral procession, you never see moving vans. There are no U-Haul trucks in, in funeral possessions. We take nothing out of this world. If we have anything in eternity, it's because we have Jesus, because Jesus has everything. Why do we listen to Jesus. Let me give you a second reason. Because no one can thwart his purpose in history. Verse uh, 2 of chapter 1 says this, Through whom also he created the world. Now last week Steve talked about Christ as creator of the of the universe, of the physical world in which we live. All things were created by him and for him. But this particular word is not a word that speaks of uh, the world as as a material entity. It's a word that speaks of the world as a time, as a history. Literally, the word means ages, ages. He didn't just create the physical world that we're living in, but Jesus is the sovereign Lord. He's the creator of all of history, all of the moments of history, all of the epochs of history. This is his world. He is moving everything from creation to new creation to his own glory. He is the sovereign Lord of history. And I think this is someone we should want to listen to. If he really has been governing every moment of time since the beginning of the world, and if he's governing every moment of time from here to the end of the world, if he is sovereign over every event that takes place. If he is the one who can really get things done, I mean, honestly, I like people who are what we call movers and shakers. You know, they're thinking, they're acting, they're working, they're taking risks. You know, they're creating. You know, they want to get something done. They don't. They don't want to sit still. I, I appreciate that. But there is no mover or shaker that compares to Jesus Christ. He is the one who created all of the course of Earth's history and he is moving all of the events of history to his own glory. History, his story. That's what it is. And when you become a believer in Christ and a follower of Christ, you become a part of that story that really began before the creation of the world and will be consummated in that new creation. You are part of that wonderful story where you will share the glory of Christ. But if you're not in Christ... Then you're in another story, a story that goes from creation to damnation, a story that goes from creation to an eternal hell. Listen to Jesus Christ because he is moving everything in this world to the display of his glory. Thirdly, why listen to Jesus? Because without him, you only have a fraudulent substitute for God. Verse three, the beginning of verse three says this that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, and he is the exact imprint of his nature. He's the radiance, just as the rays of the sun do not exist without the sun. And the sun actually does not exist without its rays that come from it. They go together. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. God the Father and Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit of whom we sang this morning do not exist apart from each other. Jesus radiates the glory of God. But he's also the exact imprint. We get our English word character from that Greek word, character. And it's a word that speaks of an impression that's been made. Perhaps a king would take his ring, and in a soft wax, he would press his ring into it to seal it, and you would have the imprint of that ring. Well, Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God. He's not talking about his physical being. When you see Jesus with whatever color eyes he had in his human body or color hair or how tall he was or what his facial features were like, he's not saying that that's the exact imprint of God. He's saying, no, he's the exact imprint of God's nature. When you saw the love of Christ, you saw the love of the Father, when you saw the holiness of Christ, you saw the holiness of the Father. When you saw the omniscience, the wisdom of Christ, you saw the omniscience, the wisdom of the Father. When you see the character of Jesus Christ, you see the character, the very essence, the very nature of God, because he is God. As he said, I and my Father are We are in complete unity. This is why Jesus can say in John 14, 9, when he's talking to Thomas and to his disciples, he that has seen me has seen the Father. If you watch Jesus and listen to him and saw his very character, his nature, you would have seen who God is really is because Jesus is God. So if you don't have Jesus, who is the exact imprint of the nature of God, then whatever you have is a counterfeit. It's a fraud, but it's even worse than that. It's an idol, an imposter. The Apostle Paul taught in 2 Corinthians 11 that When a false teacher is teaching, what you see is a human being telling lies. But behind that human being, Paul says, is a demon. And the devil is behind that preacher. Demons are behind that preacher. You are listening, as Paul says, to the doctrines of demons, Now, the human being may be nice. He may be kind. He may be philanthropic. He may seem very merciful. But if he's telling lies, if he is not speaking the words of God, the words of Jesus, then Paul says that is the doctrine of demons. Only Jesus reveals the Father. Only Jesus is the way to the Father. And so we have to ask, who am I listening to? To whom uh, am I listening? And if his name is not Jesus, then you have been deceived. And by the way, not everyone who claims to be listening to Jesus is listening to the Jesus of the Bible. Recently we had a long discussion with a young Muslim man. And he would say he believes in Jesus. But if you talk to a Muslim long enough, you will realize that the Jesus they believe in is a fabricated Jesus. He is not the Jesus of the Bible. He is not the virgin-born, eternal Son of God, He's not the one who was crucified on the cross for the sins of the world because Muslims believe that's a hoax that Christians created. And so it's not just someone saying, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible as he is revealed in the Bible? Why listen to Jesus? Let me give you another reason because he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Again, this sounds a bit like Colossians chapter 1. Because if we don't listen to Jesus, we have no basis for security in this world. I mean, if this world is autonomous, if the world is self-generating, if it's self-sustaining, if the only constants of our world are time and chance, then there's reason to live with fear and insecurity. If this world is just, who knows what's going to happen? You know, given enough time, given enough chance, you know, And anything is possible if you have an evolutionary mindset. But if tragedy and happiness are simply random and accidental, if that's true, if there's not a sovereign God who is working all things in this world for a purpose, for his glory, and in the lives of his children, working all things for their good, if that's not true, if things are just happening randomly, then we live with helplessness and we live with despair and we live with fear. I don't particularly like the uh, ESV translation here, though I love the ESV as a translation of the Bible. But I don't like the word they translated, the universe. I understand why they did it. He upholds the universe. But the Greek literally says, all things. And I like that better. He upholds all things. Of course, that includes the universe. But all things. Every little thing, every in this world in which we live he upholds it and that word uphold means to carry you know to bring it along that he's got as we used to sing the whole wide world in his hands he's carrying it along he's moving this entire world, all things he is moving to the goal for which God has planned this world. And he does this, our writer says, simply by the word of his power. You can look with all of the scientific research you want to, with all of the best methodology and tools that you can find, To find, you know, what is it that holds everything together and moves everything in this world to some purposeful end? Our text simply says Jesus does it by his word. He can speak blessing and cursing, he can open that door. He can shut that door. He is moving everything forward for his glory by the word of his power. That's why we listen to Jesus, because his words have direction, they have guidance, they have power, they have purpose, and you cannot thwart the words of Jesus. Jesus. And if we did not believe that, if we did not have that to hold on to, then our tragedies, so-called, our pain, our suffering, our disappointment, the great losses that we experience in life, they become devastating, destructive, if we do not believe that Jesus is carrying forth, bearing all things forward to fulfill the glorious purposes of the triune God. That's why we can read a wonderful passage like Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus is telling us, you know, don't be anxious for anything. I'm taking care of the birds. I'm taking care of the flowers of the field. I know how many hairs are on your head and how many you've lost. (laughs) He is in control of all things. As one writer said, there is no thought in Scripture of a creation which shall be sufficient for itself, a perfect machine made to run eternally without the hand that made it. There is no such thing. God is at work and in control for his own glory. Why listen to Jesus Christ? Because without him we live and die with the defilement of our sin. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. After he finished the job, none of us can deny the reality of sin's defilement in our life. We all know what it is to fail to have shame, to have guilt. That's why religion is so popular. People are trying to find some way to to get rid of their their guilt, and if even people who aren't religious, they find some self-atoning ways of trying to relieve themselves of the knowledge they have that their conscience indicts them, that they do things wrong, and they feel shame, and they feel guilt. And you live with that without Jesus, and you die with that without Jesus, and you suffer with that eternally without Jesus Christ. But our text tells us that Jesus made purification for our sins. By one final complete act of his sacrificial death, he accomplished perfect purification for All sins, for all of my sins, yesterday's sins, today's sins, tomorrow's sins. And objectively, that occurred at the cross, subjectively. It is applied to your life when you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why listen to Jesus if he were standing in front of you? He might simply say, here's why you should listen to me. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. Look at my side. Look at what I have done to save you from your sin and your guilt and your shame. Listen to me. No one else can do that for you. And then finally, we listen to Jesus because without him, We have no confidence that our redemption is complete. When he did his work of atoning for our sin, he did what no high priest had ever done while ministering in the holy place and the holy of holy place. The priest's work was always to work. There was no seat. There was no place to sit down. The priest of the Old Testament, the high priest on the day of atonement, never sat down and said, the work is done. But Jesus, after he made purification for our sins, he sat down. It is finished. The work is done. The sacrifice has been made. The Father has accepted it. And you can live in peace. Being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Christ of Christmas the God of revelation, the one to whom we listen. And why do we listen to Jesus? Because we have nothing without him. Because we have no lasting story without him. Because we have only fraudulent substitutes without him. We have no security in an an insecure world without him. We live with the defilement and shame and guilt of our sins without Him. And we do not have a finished redemption without Him, but with Him, everything. Let's pray together. Jesus said, He that rejects me, And does not receive my word has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same will judge him in the last day. When Jesus was teaching the crowds about his being the bread of life, many of the crowds began to depart from him. It was a hard teaching. Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, "Do, Do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you know Jesus this morning? Do you listen to Jesus? as the Lord of your life. Father, speak to us, encourage us, not to be caught away by the lies, the frauds, the counterfeits of the world in which we live, but to be people of the Word who are listening to Jesus Christ as he speaks to us as his children, to guide us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, to encourage us. May we be a people who listen to Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen.